0: State Street, and the First Midwest Bank Studio. This is WMVP Chicago. ESPN 1000. Chicago's home
1: for sports. This is Chicago's home for sports. sports. Stream ESPN 1000 easily on the all-new ESPN
2: Chicago app.
3: You're listening to Under the Hood on ESPN 1000.
0: (laughs) What's up, and welcome in. You're listening to Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights at 7 right here on ESPN 1000 and the brand new ESPN Chicago app. Hope the best for you and your family as we are once again alone together. And I hope that you had a great Easter holiday and... I'm just glad that you and I can be able to spend time together. It's cathartic for me to be able to spend time getting away from our troubles and getting away from what we're dealing with with COVID-19 and the stories that come across uh, our social media and on the news. So, again, we're alone together, but we're going to spend time together as we always do weeknights at 7 right here on ESPN 1000. Thanks for being with me. So, Gar Foreman is gone. Gar Foreman officially let go by the Chicago Bulls. It's something that you and I already knew was going to happen, but it's nothing like going to Twitter, going to the Chicago Bulls website and finding out that it's true, finding out that it is actually happened, that Gar Foreman is gone. And once again, I've got to be able to congratulate you as a Chicago Bulls fan, because many of you in Bulls Nation pushed for this. You pushed for change. This is the change that we've been wanting. It's a change that we've needed. And now it's happened. You know, it is interesting that when you see that news come across about how Gar Foreman was let go by the organization today, the, the heaviness is lifted today because of something new, because of something fresh in the organization. I cannot guarantee, and neither can you, can I guarantee that we're going to see some major change within the organization as far as the one loss record immediately. But I do know this, that old jalopy of a franchise that have been watching for a while, it will have a new face. That new jalopy eventually is gonna run It's going to have a new body, and it's going to be able to do what we've been looking forward to, and that's winning. We don't know when, but I just know that something new matters. As I've been taking a look at this over the last 7 to 10 days, it's important for the Bulls to be able to do something different because the way it's been going, it's been going in the wrong direction. It's pretty simple. It's not about personality, personality. It's not about how much you love a person that's been in the office for over 20 years or someone that you play golf with or someone that you've shared your most uh, innermost secrets with. It's not about personality. It's about business. And I think that even Michael and Jerry Reinsdorf had to realize at some point that this is about business. What's best for the business of the Chicago Bulls? To continue to go another five or 10 years going in the wrong direction? Going into a off season in which you're not sure whether or not people are interested in your team or not on a regular basis. You just know one thing for sure. You do know that what's going on with this team is not what you wanted. It's not golden state. You know, it's not Houston. It's not some of these other teams that are on the rise. It's the bulls. And as we are going to approach very soon here, what is going on with the organization Uh, As we watch the Chicago Bulls and this documentary from back in the day, what we're seeing today is not even close to the championship years, not even close, not even toward a building block toward those championship years. The dichotomy between what we're going to see starting on Sunday with the docuseries and what we're going, what we've been seeing now is so far away. The building with a superstar having an infrastructure being able to have an open door to free agents to come in to play with a superstar or superstars because you got to throw in Scottie Pippen as well. Got to throw in Dennis Rodman as well, Horace Grant, on and on and on, right? It's so far away what we're going to see with this docuseries versus what we see now. And it's almost like Michael Ryan's door finally awoke from his slumber. He's And he was like, you know what, I, I can't continue to do business like this. And it's one thing for John Paxson to say, hey, I think I need to step down a couple of months ago. It's another thing for Michael Reinsdorf and Jerry Reinsdorf to realize this is not going in the right direction. As we saw about the Bulls with Jonathan Hood and Under the Hood on ESPN 1000 and the brand new ESPN Chicago app, it was time for something new. And so Karnasovas, the new president of basketball operations, was part of a conference call today and was
4: asked, why did he part with Gar Foreman? So regarding Gar, I think uh, after some consideration and conversation, you know, it was apparent that we have different philosophies, and uh, uh, we would, uh, pre- you know, would that that would prevent us from moving forward. Um, I'm sure Gar gave gave his best to the Bulls organization, um, but uh, the decision, those decisions are never easy. I was hired to effect change on the current, you know, situation. So uh that was the decision um behind that yeah well ultimately he says i was
0: hired to affect change in the current situation so that was the decision but, but but the other thing is too in that same conference call that same conversation he just talked about the conversations that he had with Garth Foreman in which they just did not match the, um, what, what John Paxson wanted, what the organization wanted. It was just something different. You could just tell that there was a difference of opinion, and it was time. It's be, been beyond time to be able to make this change. There will not be a 23rd season in the Bulls organization for Garth Foreman, and that's a good thing. It's also good for John Paxson as we come to find out earlier today that he takes a little bit of a a back seat and that's okay. Also in an advisory capacity, I got no problem with that as well, but I want to just focus on Gar just for a second because Gar Foreman, either super scout or general manager part of this organization, he was part of the problem and he was supposed to be able to help mold and shape this franchise. When you hear people and, and let me just put a pin in this for a second. When you hear people come to you when you're not even looking for it, right? People come to you, sending you text messages or someone seeing you in the street and they say, hey, this Garth Foreman, a little shady, Dishonest, untrustworthy when it comes to dealing with certain players, when it comes to dealing with certain organizations. I don't know Gar from that standpoint. I just know him from our conversations. But when you, you have people, including writers on the record saying that, Hey, something, it feels like kind of a, a car dealer it feels like a used car dealer, which would, which I thought, well, all used car dealers are not shady. I don't know why that was a, the connotation. Um, but I just think that, when it comes to what Gar was supposed to bring to the table, it's very clear that there was a disconnect between other organizations, other players around the NBA, and Gar and John Paxson. That's why we continue to hear hey, we can't have Gar and Pax together. Pax was saying, I don't know why they call us Gar Pax, we're two different people. We have two different uh, situations here in the organization. Well, people said Gar Pax because they are always seen together. They both were doing press conferences together a lot. And so they are part of the management uh, combination. So that's why it was called Gar Pax. And Pax resented that because he felt he was different than Gar Foreman. But Understand the point what I'm making regarding Gar Foreman. When you have people come to you and say things about Gar Foreman that's off the record, that people just come to you for information and they, and they say that, that says a lot for Gar. That says a lot for what Gar could not do. And that's why, one of the reasons why the change had to be made. Because it didn't make sense for Karnasovas to start this uh, as a leader of the Bulls organization with Gar in place. Or with Paxton in place as well. Karnazovis had a lot of things to say in this conference call. One of the things he talked about was
4: his philosophy with the Bulls organization. You know, my professional philosophy is, you know, knowing players, you know, constant communication, roster balance, and deal making creativity. You know, it's uh, team sports. Um, so, as a leader, I have to uh, understand the individual role and commit to. Uh, execution of those responsibilities you know so I mean when I when I come in and I'm gonna have time to do that I'm gonna evaluate the current structure and uh, where are the blind sides you know blind spots um, I already um, hired two guys uh, JJ Polk and uh, Pat Conley uh, who who gonna join the, the organization so I already started that uh, process and uh, my next step is uh, to hire a GM. You know, this uh, process is going to be extensive and diverse. Uh, I was telling uh, Michael that uh, I have uh, advantage over him in terms of uh, hiring a rot person because, uh, you know, personally, I know most of those guys, you know, in that industry. You know, over the years, you know, my role in scouting and front office. Uh, I got to know them. You know, the list is very extensive. Uh, The talent pool is great. I will explore all the options. I believe I will uh, hire the best person for the job. So the
0: thoughts there from Arturis Karnasovas as we talk about the Bulls with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000. So here's something that's a little bit troubling about the um, conference call today. And Carnesovis has to be able to kind of massage some egos here and there. It's You know, we heard what he had to say about Garth Foreman. The change had to be made. And we talking about Michael Reinsdorf and a couple of uh, sound bites that we've just heard. But Karnasovas said that John Paxson, has a great reputation around the league and has been with the organization for a number of years and can be an asset of information. I want to review that again. John has a great reputation around the league and has been with the organization for a number of years and can be an an asset of information. It's kind of like me asking my wife, I said, you know, um, she's asked me, what do you want for dinner? And I said, you know, steak would be good. And, she, and sometimes she'll reply, well, I, you know, I could do that. I could see myself doing that. But that's not necessarily a commitment of actually doing it. <laughs> you know, it's like, I could do this. I can't. So he says he can be an asset of information. Yeah, he could be an asset of information or, or. He wants to have his own people and his own circle of trust, and that Paxson's around, but he's got his own people. You already heard him mention several people that's part of the organization. Yeah, he, he can be an asset of information, and he can also just be the right hand man in the darkness with Michael Reinsdorf, but not necessarily control the marionette strings it's important for Silvas to have his full autonomy of the organization and do what he thinks is best for this Bulls team. Because the way it's been going, it has not gone in the right direction. And now it's starting to leak out here and there that, that John was thinking about moving away from the, from the team and thought that it would be best for someone else to be in that position because, of course, he was miserable. And we continue to hear the stories of how John Paxton felt, hey, you know what, I you know, he's, he's happier now than he has been in a while. That's because he doesn't have the burden of this anymore. A beloved bull winning championships with Michael Jordan to this. I don't know if he'll ever get that reputation as someone that's fan friendly back after all this time. But I just know one thing is that he tried and he failed because the ultimate goal was to win a championship. Same thing with Gar Foreman, bringing Gar in the mix, but, but again, What has really got us to this point, guys, is about the L word, loyalty. It's about the L word. If you're too loyal and you can't understand that wins and losses matter over loyalty, then that says all you need to know. Because loyalty got the Bulls in this position right now, not a playoff team. And so here we are today, Garth Foreman gone and John Paxson pushed into the backdrop. I'm happy today as a Bulls fan because we see something different. We see something new on the horizon. Again, I can't guarantee you that it's going to be successful out of the, bo- out of the box. Maybe it will, maybe it won't but I just know that there'll be a different philosophy. The philosophy of just being loyal, just to be loyal, holding on to assets like old albums, because you just know that at some point, this core will be able to win and it comes to pass and it does not. This has been kind of the hallmark of the Bulls for a while now, just hold on to that core because that core eventually is gonna bear fruit. And uh, while other teams wheel and deal and they draft and they are able to add by free agency and having a plan And I've always asked over the years doing those Bulls buzz shows after games when we were carrying the Bulls and talking all about the team, I would say, you know, what's the plan? Ultimately, what is your plan? When you always have a spot in the lottery, when you always put yourself in a position where you're not one of the top 16 teams in the playoffs, I would always ask, what's the plan? And if you don't have a plan, that's why you're in last place. That's why you continue to struggle because the plan's not working. Just remember one thing. You could be the, at the top of the list, like the Lakers and the Clippers or Milwaukee. You could be at the bottom trying to re, kind of reset your organization. But when you're struggling even to try to get to the middle, that says a lot about you and your organization. And out of all those banners and all those championships and the docuseries you're going to see, those are things, things in the past that were great. But what about now? Well, there's some optimism, sure. But I'm just glad that we're here now but why didn't this happen four or five years ago? And why did it take John Paxson to unplug himself? Why did it take a firing of Garth Foreman now for this to happen? We went through all this anguish and all these times in the lottery and this underachievement after Tom Thibodeau to get to this point today. And it's unfortunate, but I see something bright on the horizon because it's different. It's a different way and a different approach of going about things. And that's a good thing for Bulls fans. Coming up, we'll hear from Michael Reinsdorf and also get your reaction as well. Gar Foreman is fired. We, you and I have been talking about the Bulls for a long time. What's your reaction to today's news? I just shouldn't have to do a topic on this because you and I have been talking about this for a long time, but I will ask you, what is your reaction to Gar Foreman being fired? 312-332-ESPN. 332-3776 is our phone number. We'll hear from Michael Reinsdorf. And I'll take your phone. Follow us on the ground at
1: IGJHood and at ESPN underscore Chicago is Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000.
0: It's a big day in uh, Chicago sports because there is a new general manager that will be named soon. All we know is Gar Foreman is gone. We're talking about it right here on ESPN 1000 and the brand new ESPN Chicago app. I, I just uh, think that it's big because it's something that's been overdue. And again, I will thank you, the Bulls fan, because... That hashtag fire guard packs, many of you buying billboards and getting on sports radio and getting on social media talking about it. It, It's one of these things where if you're Michael Reinsdorf, it's, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing when you have the entire NBA community come to Chicago and they're there at first take and they're yelling fire guard packs. That's on a national television show on ESPN. And so that's just embarrassing for the organization. Again, just juxtapose what we're going to see starting on Sunday with this docu-series and look at where the Bulls are right now. It's overdue. And if John Paxson still said, I know I feel good about the job, I'm going to stay in this job, this, could, this would not be a story today. It would just be business as usual. And that's bad business as usual with this Chicago Bulls team. So we're talking to you about it, 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. Let's hear from Michael Reinsdorf, and maybe now in this new era of Bulls basketball, we'll hear more from Michael Reinsdorf, because usually you don't hear the sound bites from Michael very often. Very clandestine, always in the shadows here. He's there, but he doesn't do a lot of media, so it's good to hear his perspective on um, changing John Paxson's role in the organization.
3: John Paxson came to me and my dad back. I think it was around December, and we started talking. and And he felt that we needed the organization needed to make a change and upgrade. He felt we were too set in our ways. And um, you know, when you look at it, our basketball department had long been one of the smallest departments in the league, and uh, it hadn't really grown with the times. And, and In John's words, we needed to make changes in terms of the leadership and structure that would set up the bulls for the next 10 to 15 years essentially i think what he wanted to do was make changes that would not only address immediate needs but also would set the bulls up for long-term success and during these conversations with john and there were multiple multiple conversations john also made it clear to us that he would change his role or step down if that's what was best for the chicago bulls because at the end of the day he's a chicago bull and that's what he cares most about at the end of the day what john Is really good at is he's really good at simplifying the issue. And when he said the next 10 to 15 years comment to me, that really, really stuck with me. So during this time, John and I were talking and meeting on a regular basis. I started to share with him what I was learning and John continued to share with me what he was thinking. And it was kind of at this point that John indicated to my dad and me that he was no longer the right person to lead the Chicago Bulls. That's really the kind of person John is. And I've always, I've always said that. I said when the time came to make a change, John would be the one to let us know. And that is indeed what ended up uh, happening.
0: Yeah, because it wasn't like Michael Reinsdorf or Jerry Reinsdorf had the, the wherewithal to understand, hey, there's a lot of losses here, almost 250 losses over the last five years. Maybe we should make a change after the Tom Thibodeau era. Right after Tom Thibodeau under with Fred Hoiberg and now with Jim Boylan, he didn't have the wherewithal to understand, Hey, maybe we should make a change here. That's how backwards this organization has been for a long time. We'll wait for John to get out of the job before we start making changes. Well, why, why would you do that? Why would you do that? Because of loyalty. That's the reason why, because of loyalty. And it also shows How much of a blind eye the Bulls have because all they're concerned with for a long time is the bottom line. When ultimately, you're supposed to be concerned with the bottom line, putting a good product on the floor, and putting smiles on fans' faces. That's what you're supposed to do. But you take a look at teams like Golden State and the Clippers and the Bucks and the Raptors. Those teams are just getting better every single year. But yet, the Chicago Bulls, nope. We're going to stay close to Gar and Pax because, well, they've been around the organization. Well, what does that do for the fans? That's why Karnasovas is in place. John Paxson had to save the franchise for Michael Reinsdorf. How sad is that in so many different ways? How sad is that? As, as you just play, Eric, he, t- he talks about how small the organization was, how mom-and-pop the organization was. It, it, it took... John Paxson, again, according to Michael, it took John Paxson for John to tell them, hey, you could you should be bigger, you should be better. But see, this is what happens. When you have a, a franchise that's worth so much right up there with the Knicks, right up there with the, the Brooklyn Nets or Dallas Mavericks or some of these other teams because of the lucrative uh, deals that they have, especially television deals, then they're fine. You know, it's like, well, how how well are we, how are we doing from a money standpoint? Okay, great. How many people are coming to the stands? We're top four, top five in attendance. Great. But that's not the bottom line. The championships, the success, the moments, those are the things that matter. And so it, it just, it just shows you the tone deafness, deafness of this organization. Hopefully, with Silvas in there and his staff, Michael Reinsdorf will start understanding like, hey, you know what? this is a group here that understands analytics they understand scouting um overseas they understand what's going on now to the point where maybe some people in this new organization this new look chicago bulls they'll be able to get free agents they'll be able to allure others to come to chicago you know so that way it's not just some moribund franchise that all these free agents pass up 332 ESPN three three two three seven seven six is our phone number. Uh, John in Glenview on ESPN one thousand with Jonathan Hood. Hello, John.
1: Jonathan, good yes, to sir. speak with you. Yes, sir. You are. I, I just want to say you you're the best that we have in Chicago right now at this. You're you're very objective. I think if Gar and Pax were listening, they would agree with ninety five percent of the things you've said. They might not like it, but you're balanced, and I think that's a just a great thing. So thank you. So, on under the point, I mean, look, yeah, this change was obvious, right? We've been waiting for it for ten years. When you when you look at the draft picks that these guys have done, Valentine and Portis, and you know, they they always just took the obvious pick. It was almost like auto draft mm-hmm. in fantasy. Mm-hmm. And what I'm really hoping for, and I, I think you and I feel, is that you know this is gonna bring about change into the next generation and hopefully it's five years, it's not 10, 15 years, like Pax says. I mean, that's that's typical PACs and talk, 10, 15 years. I mean, that's an eternity these days. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, once again, thanks again, keep it real, keep it objective and uh, really appreciate it, thanks.
0: Yeah, absolutely, thanks for uh, checking in. It's just, the point is, is that it's as obvious as the nose on our faces, right? If you are losing over 200 games the last five years, most organizations i would say 95 percent of the organizations would try to make some kind of change you just don't hold on the guys just because they have you've been out to the golf course with them or they're great at dinner parties and ultimately the money's there the the traditional um year by year basis for the bulls where they have the wealth they have generational wealth they already have money people are going to the to the games even though the product is lousy people are still going to the games now, ultimately, you got to give the fans something back. And that is having good scouting, being a team that people and that teams want to go to, that agents want to negotiate with. Chicago is better than this. And if it wasn't for John Paxson, if that story's true, if it wasn't for John Paxson, we'd still be in the same situation. Sometimes it's more than just the money, it's about the money and the success. I would never want to be a billionaire and then have no success with it. Oh, I've got a lot of money. Great. But what about the success that goes along with it? That that means something. And I think that Michael Reinsdorf and the Reinsdorf family needs to understand that. It's not just about the money. It's about the success and being a good organization. That's what it comes down to. Not just because Pax says so, not just because Gar says so or just the people around you, your cronies say so. Now you want to have the reputation around the league like, yes, this is the place you want to deal with. You want to deal with the Bulls. That's what it comes down to. Coming up, we'll talk to someone that knows Gar Foreman like the back of his hand. He covered him from the beginning. What does this mean for Gar Foreman that he's let go? Does he get another job? Does he get another bite of the apple? We'll talk to Nick Friedel next on Under the Hood. follow us on the gram
1: at igj hood and at espn underscore chicago
3: espn 1000 chicago's home for sports
0: Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the brand new ESPN Chicago app. Gar is gone, so we've got to have Nick Friedel on, right, from ESPN.com as we talk to Nick about um, the news that took place today with Gar Foreman no longer being with the Chicago Bulls. Nick, as always, I appreciate it.
2: You got it, my man.
0: So Gar is gone. How surprised are you today when you first saw the news?
2: Buddy, I think we all knew it was coming but the reality of it, it was still like wow Gar withstood the test of time in that place I mean this was a move that was long long overdue and this is a change the the Bulls should have made not just with Gar but the entire front office for, for several years but Gar hung on and he hung on and he hung on so the fact that after all these years he's not there it's a good thing for the organization as far as a new direction and a new voice but the the finality of seeing that that the gar was actually out was was still something because you just always figured that he would find a way to hang on and and now that's not the case
0: I just thought that he'd be reassigned. I did not expect a firing because that's not the Reinsdorf way. But when you see Karnasovas, the new man in charge, saying, regarding Gar, I think after some consideration and conversation, it was apparent we had different philosophies that would prevent us from moving forward. I mean, you don't get that kind of transparency very much. But clearly, whatever Gar said, and I have no idea what he was saying, but whatever he said, Carnesovas didn't like it and out the door, which is so un-Reinsdorf-like.
2: Well, and that's the key here, Hoodie. And, and the takeaway for Bulls fans, to me, is that the Reinsdorfs clearly uh, gave him the ability to, to make that call. Uh, and for as frustrated as, as fans are and have been at uh, ownership, the fact that that call was being able to be made uh, by uh, a new regime, a new person in charge, uh, that's a, a solid sign. I mean, that's the thing, Hoodie, and you and I have talked about this for years. I, I've had my ups and downs with Gar for well over a decade at this point, but Gar's reputation in the league over over time, but certainly over the last few years, is it's just not very good. Uh, you know, there are a lot of questions as to you talked about transparency. The 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 biggest the biggest knock on Gar was that he wasn't a straight shooter. You you we just weren't sure uh um, what kind of story you were getting and that's not just from my experience with him that's when you talk to people all over the league you talk to former players you talk to executives uh, that was that was the rap on guard and it was the rap on guard for a long long time but it was the rap certainly when things started to go south so uh, there are a lot of layers there always are with the Bulls but uh, the fact that that, that call uh, was was being able to be made by the new front office, and that the okay okayed it. Uh, I'm with you. The the, the the reality of it was was something given ownership's history.
0: Somewhere in your archives, you've got thousands and thousands of columns, and probably some secret tapes that we have not heard yet. Some secret sound from your days covering the Bulls. So, is there? Can you determine the first disconnect you had with Gar as far as his struggles as a GM? Is there one point in time that you can recall?
2: Well, let's go back in time because Gar was named the GM in 2009, hoodie, and that was right about the time I got to Chicago. Uh, And for all the the missteps by Gar and Pax over time, you have to give them credit when credit is due. And there was a lot of credit due when he was co-executive of the year, when the Bulls... Uh, went to the Eastern Conference Finals when everything was rolling along, when Derek was healthy and and Joe Keem was rolling. And then a couple years later, you know, you get Jimmy into the fold, which was uh, Gar's best pick, uh, in my opinion. But when things started to go bad, it, it's it's very obvious looking back in time is when the relationship with Tibbs deteriorated. And I, let me reiterate yet again. There is fault on both sides. Anybody all these years later who says, Oh, well, it was Gar and Pax and they messed up and and they could have done things differently. No. It was not just Garn Pax. It was Tibbs. It was uh, JVG, KVG, Jeff Van Gundy, it was there were there were a lot of different factors in the reason why that divorce went down the way it went down. Still it was Gar's job and Pax's job to get along and make it work uh, just as much as it was Tibbs' job, and it didn't happen. And so when they fired Tibbs and they hired Gar's hand-picked guy, the guy he had been talking about for years, several years, his, his old close friend. They're not so close anymore, but his guy, Fred Hoiberg, when they hired Fred and they knew early on, Hoodie, again, this is going back years but they knew early that Fred didn't have it and that's when Gar really it started to go down a different path because Gar was always Gar was always uh taking you down whatever path was was uh, best for Gar uh, and secondarily best for the Bulls but Gar knew and certainly Pax knew that that Fred just wasn't the guy that they thought that they were getting. Uh, and that's not all on Fred, because that roster, again, when you go back in hindsight, was not built to Fred's strong suits. But I'm talking about personality-wise. Uh, they they got a different person than they thought they were getting with Fred. Uh, and once Gar realized that that part of it had started to go down the wrong direction, then... Then things started to get really bad. And I think that's when the relationships deteriorated, not just internally within the organization, but all over the league, because people were like, what this guy, what is he talking about? So uh, you can all trace it back to the ending with Tibbs, the divorce with Tibbs and the hiring of Fred, because when those things happened, that's when Gar really started to lose the grip on uh, not only his reign as the GM, but the, the reputation throughout the league.
0: Nick Fidel covers the NBA for ESPN, ESPN.com. Joins me, Jonathan Hood, on Under the Hood on ESPN 1000 and the brand new ESPN Chicago app. Where, uh, Nick, where do you place Gar amongst the people that you've had a working relationship with in your career?
2: I mean, Hoodie Gar was one of the first people I developed that relationship uh, internally with the Bulls. And again, like uh, both Gar and his wife Leslie, they were very nice to me uh, at various points in my tenure Uh, on a a personal level. But professionally, that's when things started to deteriorate. (laughs) When things got bad for the Bulls, things got bad for Gar. Uh, But as far as my relationship with him, uh, it goes back. The very beginnings of, of when I got to Chicago. I mean, I remember uh, walking out of the Birdo Center, on uh, plenty of days, uh, seeing Gar, and and you're just talking, and it's a lot of BSing.
4: <laughs> it's mm-hmm.
2: always a lot of BSing with Gar, but uh, you know, I, I I remember a lot of times we spent uh, talking about a lot of stuff, and he was he was so he was so interested in uh, protecting not only the brand of the Bulls but you know the brand of Gar. and in in that regard Hoodie I I don't think that makes him a lot different than a lot of league executives uh, all over the place and executives all over sports but the thing that always would kill me is (laughs) he would tell all of us that he'd go on the radio and say I don't pay attention to what you guys write. I don't, I'm not on Twitter, Instagram, or any, you know, social media. That was all ridiculous. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Gar, uh, Gar knew exactly what was being said. Uh, Gar knew exactly what the image of the bulls uh, was. And Gar paid attention to a lot. Uh, And he's not wrong for that. But again, this goes back to, uh, the the directness or lack thereof sometimes that i think got him in trouble not just with the media but uh with people all around the league
0: so the very bottom
2: this is under the hood with jonathan hood on espn 1000 chicago's
0: home for sports
3: is under the hood.
0: Under the
1: hood podcasts are available now on the all new ESPN Chicago app. Available on your device now.
3: This is ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for
1: sports.
0: Nick Friedel covers the NBA for ESPN, ESPN.com. Joins me, Jonathan Hood on Under the Hood on ESPN 1000 and the brand new ESPN Chicago app. So now we move on to Kardasovis the <laughs> now, I'll tell you this, I'll say this about Gar. Now see his relationship with me is different from you in that every time I would talk to Gar it was always on the level. There's a lot of he you know there's a lot of conversation about what his theories are about the team. But it, you know, you had a lot more dealings with what I had. We had a good relationship actually, Gar and I. But it was on a limited basis, and but there was this a lot of chatter and a lot of arm twisting as far as how he wanted to express his feeling of the team, and his feeling wasn't necessarily maybe Pax's feeling, and that's I think that was a disconnect also. Yeah, I, I do think that over time, especially in those last few years, that disconnect became more prominent, but. Again, the reason Gar was named GM in a lot of ways was because he
2: would deal with the BS of that that goes inherently with that job uh, more than Pax would. Gar would, you know, that Gar hadn't been in front of the media in several years now, but I mean, back in the day, Gar was the public face of the Bulls, which is stunning, <laughs> given uh, what's transpired the last few years, but he was always the guy that ran out for all those press conferences. He was always the guy uh, making the radio appearances. Uh, and I think over time, uh, not only did Pax get tired of, of some of the stories that would come back, but I, I think that they just, they didn't see as eye to eye over those last couple of years. Uh, as they had maybe in years past because when the Bulls were good and guard could be the front man, Pax could still do his work behind the scenes in the shadows. And then when the Bulls got really bad and that rebuild started and, and Gar had made some missteps, well, Pax had to come back into the forefront and, and take a lot of bullets for a lot of different people, notably uh, the Rhin stores. So, uh, you know, I, uh, as always with the Bulls, uh, there's there's always more that than meets the eye, but as far as Gar and Pax, I, I think your point is well taken. Uh, <laughs> years ago, yeah. it was it was pretty in unison, and uh, as the years rolled on, it wasn't as tight as it used to be.
0: I always took it as a challenge, Nick, to when I interviewed Gar to get him off of his rhythm because cause, cause Gar always had a bullet rhythm points. yeah the bullet points I, I always love doing that because he like I'm you know he's doing the two-step and I'm doing the cha-cha it, it would be all because I'd ask him questions that no one would ask him like as as I want to do right I would say so Gar uh, how do you envision the Bulls or, which organization would you like the Bulls to embody meaning what is the top team that you like for the Bulls to be more like? Organizationally from top to bottom. And he would just he wouldn't be with that quick bullet point non he would just like stammer and stutter into uh Golden State and he would like and explain why. It <laughs> just but it was never the Q and A, it would always be a little bit of a breath for him because he's not used to being asked some of the questions I would ask. And so it was, I'd ask him about his college time, and he would. It was always interesting because I didn't want him to give me this the same BS he'd give you guys on a regular basis. I want to make sure that he had some thoughtful answers to my questions. So I'll I'll remember that. It, that still might have been BS too, but it yeah, I made him struggle for it a little bit more.
2: Different level hoodie. And I'm with you. Usually those conversations as I it, it brings a smile to my to my face about the old days. They would take place about eleven fifty, the night of the draft. Right, right. <laughs> right, exactly.
0: <laughs> take him off his rhythm a little bit and just like, you know, how has the college game evolved? <laughs> well, uh, That's right. when he's thinking about his golf game or his next meal, I, I would ask him like a, a deep philosophical basketball question that would totally just throw him off, and I I enjoyed doing that to him uh, because he deserved it because this it the, the the usual twenty second answer is what he told everybody, but he wouldn't tell me because I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't allow those type of answers on my show. Um, the Carnivale's hire Nick just. Based on what you've heard around the league, what is the reputation of Karnasovas and what do you think he's how he's done so far? Because just for him to be on the record saying, yeah, Gar and I were on the same page, that's um, that's something that Pax wouldn't say on the record, at least not in those terms. So so what do you think of what you've seen from Arturis?
2: He's well-liked throughout the league. He's got a nice reputation. I think a lot of people are excited that he's elevated to this position. The issue, as always, 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 is you can have the best front office in the world, and you can have a guy that you trust, and that is very clearly so important uh, these days, and we're going to see what kind of power and sway he has throughout the league over time. But the roster is not very good, and he's got a lot of work ahead of him as far as... Tearing this one down and building it back up to a point where the Bulls could potentially uh, contend again down the line. so uh, as far as uh, where he's at personally, I think he, his, his reputation precedes him. He, he is well-liked and, and he's respected. Uh, the reality, though, is what happens next? Who do, does the GM become? Who else fills his staff? Why is, is Jim Boylan still around? Why, why would they send out that statement? Mm-hmm. I mean, what, you're telling me that this guy who is trying to set a new course for himself in this organization is like, yep, you know what? I'm keeping Jim Boylan. I, I think he's the guy. I, I, I find that incredibly hard to believe. Uh, so there are, there are a bunch of different things that go into any new hire when you are – Setting up an organization that has been uh, run the same way for so long, but uh, I I'm really kind of waiting to pass judgment until we see what moves follow this initial hiring.
0: I really like uh, what you wrote on ESPN.com regarding the Last Dance documentary that starts this Sunday. Um, I just I'm very fascinated on how. How many stories will be told, some things that we have not seen or heard? What stands out about what we're going to see here in this documentary that you're interested in?
2: I I am looking forward to it as much as, as any documentary in recent memory. I've been asking Begin to see it, and they won't let me yet. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I'm curious as to what that final season was like and I mean we've heard the stories over time over the years uh, MJ punching out uh, Steve Kerr and Steve's talked about it. Uh, but you know what kind of teammate was he at the end of that run? Uh, how difficult was it for uh, for those guys to to handle that level of stardom and mesh it with? Dennis's craziness and and what was going on uh, with Scotty and the rest of the group by that point. I mean, there's just when you have that level of success and you have that level of superstardom that's known worldwide, there's got to be stories that we haven't heard before that will come out uh, in this moment, and those are the things that I'm I'm hoping. Uh, that this documentary shows fans who grew up like myself, uh, like like you did, I know, uh, watching this team and wondering what it was like on the inside.
0: It's good to see Phil Jackson on some of these uh, previews. I I didn't know Phil would ever come out of his little teepee, uh, out of his, (laughs) uh, um, wherever he's been, uh, in, in whatever shelter he's been, because... I mean, after the Knicks situation, I didn't think you would ever see him again. But it's it's good for him to reminisce because that's part of his you know championship run as a head coach.
2: It it absolutely is, and I'd add this real quickly, hoodie. When you talk to these guys, and I've obviously talked to Steve Kerr a lot more uh, the last couple of years, but there is so much respect for what they accomplished over time. Uh, and I think the cool part of this documentary. To your point about Phil is how much cooperation they got from all over the place for guys to talk uh, and share their memories and go through what happened so uh, you know it's like anything else with the benefit of, the, uh, of time things start to look better uh, you know we're, we're, we're talking about Gar and, and Pax and that era ending there were some, some really really good moments that over time will come back to the forefront uh, but this, this documentary is something that I know that a lot of those older Bulls from those teams uh, are interested to watch just like all the rest of us.
0: And power to the people for getting this uh, put up earlier because this is yes. supposed to be later on in June. And now, as we wait for the league to start, this is, if the league does restart, this is a good primer for it, that's for sure.
2: It's it's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, this thing was supposed to run in between the games of the finals. And they pushed it up. I think they're still trying to finish the the final parts as we speak, But uh, wow. it was a good move by ESPN. It was a a nod to all the fans that were were calling for it all over social media. And the fact that they were able to to make it happen is a great thing for everybody.
0: Lastly, Nick, and I appreciate your time. How much could this docu-series be something for the Bulls organization to hold up as far as the future? Because it's one thing to have this docu-series of, of the good old days, the 6,008 years, and the process for all of this. But how much of this could be something for the Bulls to say for the new generation? Like, this is what it was like from, for being a Chicago Bull in this city at the top of your game. I wonder how, how much is this could be a, a recruiting tool. It's a fascinating point because if, if you're the Bulls, the only thing you have to hold on to right now is your past. That's it. Mm-hmm. You can try and sell the future,
2: but why would you believe in the future given what's happened over time? So if I am the, the Chicago Bulls in the next month here, I am pushing this and holding this thing up and playing off of it constantly. Because aside from that little stretch when Derek was healthy uh, in the Tibbs era, there, there's not much to write home about uh, since since Michael retired. And so, if you have this opportunity to relive and revel in your glory years, absolutely, you know everybody's stuck at home. You know they're all watching, uh, and you 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 just hope that by people watching this. Uh, documentary, this docu-series that they remember the good times and there's a hope from some player, some younger player watching that thinks to himself hey, you know what would be cool to, to get this team going again and to resurrect the greatness.
0: My friend, as always, I appreciate your time on this occasion as Gar Foreman is gone from the organization. I can't wait to find out which, uh, which team he's going to scout overseas. That's going to be great. Well, <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I don't think... Oh, by the way, will you send him a text for a golf game sometime soon when, when he's out west?
2: Oh, man. Oh, man. I I, I will see Gar... Hoodie, you know what? I'll leave you with this. You know the last time I saw Gar, truly? No. He was playing blackjack at the Cosmo with Tim Floyd. <laughs> 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 that was, I don't know, July at Summer League. And we had a nice conversation for a few minutes, but... Man, I'm sure we'll cross again and we'll have plenty of plenty of stories if and when that time comes.
4: (laughs) All right, brother. Thank you. You got it. This is under the hood.